Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, we celebrated the 500th anniversary of the Reformation six years ago. The celebration continues. The highlighted moment around which we center our Reformation celebrations, one that was chosen centuries ago, is the date when Martin Luther posted his 95 theses disputing the power and efficacy of indulgences. This event occurred 506 years ago in Wittenberg on October 31st, 1517. It was a profound moment for the church, one we're celebrating for sure. However, the Reformation movement actually unfolded over decades and included lots of significant events and important works almost every year. I am sure that Luther and the Reformers wish the Pope would have read Luther's theses, been swayed immediately, changed the church's ways by halting the abuses of bad theology, and then bam, the Reformation would have been over. In reality, the fight to change the church took many years, many wars, and great effort to spread the gospel in new and renewed ways. The work of the Reformation we are choosing to highlight this year is the work of Protestant hymn writing. Specifically, this year we celebrate the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther's very first hymn, which was written in 1523. Translated into English as, Dearest Christians, one and all rejoice. In our hymnal from the original German, the hymn is a beautiful piece of poetry that lays out not only the tenets of our gospel-centered faith that had been obscured by power-hungry popes for far too long, but also Luther's personal, spiritual journey. He was raised to believe at that time that he somehow had to be good enough for God. Yet, being wise about what was asked of him by the church, it did not take too long for him to figure out that the list of demands to earn a place in heaven was unending. He began to despair as he compulsively tried to fast, pray, confess, and repent a thousand ways to Sunday in order to make the cut in the eyes of God. Yet for all the works he accomplished to earn his way to heaven, Martin Luther felt trapped by the impending sense of despair that he would never measure up to the standards of the Almighty. Reflecting on these feelings, Luther wrote in his hymn, Fast bound in Satan's chains I lay, death brooded fiercely o'er me. Sin was my torment night and day, and sin my mother bore me. My own good works all came to naught, free will against God's judgment fought. So firmly sin possessed me. Luther felt the grip of sin, death, and the devil that held him fast. What's more, the good works that the church prescribed all came to naught as his will resisted the goodness of God in ways known and unknown to him. His sin brought evil into his world. The church piled despair on top of it. But then, Luther rediscovered the gospel. A Luther scholar once said, Luther was pretty much always the smartest guy in the room. And this fact was clear from the beginning of his work in the church. 
So they moved him from the monastery to the university. In the course of his studies, he read Romans and Latin, the only translation available at the time, and rediscovered the truth that God doesn't actually hate us. Such a simple but profound truth. On the contrary, God loves us unconditionally in spite of ourselves and in spite of our sins. What's more, God saw that we could not make ourselves whole and good on our own. So God came to us as the Son to do the work for us. Good news indeed. Luther's rediscovery of the truth of the gospel led him to teach this truth in new ways, and, just as importantly, to sing a new song. In my opinion, every generation is called to sing new songs of faith. But for Luther, the need to sing a new song was extra important. Just as scripture was only permitted to be read in Latin in Western European churches, worship songs of the time were written primarily in Latin too. People could not even sing their faith in a way that they understood. The power-hungry church leaders of his day were afraid of people having direct access to the truth of God's love so they would not even let them sing about it in language that they understood. Just as one of the greatest works of the Reformation movement was Luther's translation of the New Testament into German, so too were the new songs that Luther wrote in the common language. Because of these hymns, the people could hear and understand the truth of God's love, sung over them in ways that brought them hope and assurance, instead of merely ritual and obligation. The power of the gospel is captured by the sixth verse of Luther's first hymn. It says, To me, he said, stay close to me. I am your rock and castle. Your ransom I myself will be. For you I strive and wrestle. The foe will shed my precious blood. All this I suffer for your good. My life or death will triumph. No longer was God's love obscured by our sin but was made clear by Christ's sacrifice. Luther saw in a renewed and profound way that our lives of faith are not about making ourselves good enough for God, but learning to trust how good God has been to us all along. We do not need to kill ourselves in service to the kingdom, waste ourselves away with endless fasting, or destroy ourselves with despair. Instead, we need to learn to trust the truth, that God did all of this for us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, Christ's life over death did indeed triumph once and for all. A few years later, Martin Luther would go on to write the hymn that is often called the Anthem of the Reformation, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Luther wrote and published this hymn in 1527, and it would come to represent his life and work so distinctly that the main line of the hymn was etched onto his tombstone. Drawing on Psalm 46, in which the psalmist is commanded to be still and know that God is God, the hymn speaks about God as our refuge amidst the storms of this world, whether they be forces of famine, disease, or enemy forces. Regardless of how the world stacks against us, 
The hymn speaks of Christ coming as a champion to fight our battles for us, a champion who cannot be overpowered or defeated by even the forces of the devil himself. While we sing the song with more straightforward melody that has become commonplace in the English-speaking world, the original German tune features much more syncopated jerkiness that seems almost chaotic. I heard once that this original but confusing musical arrangement is intentional. The chaos of the meter is intended to represent the chaos of the world that bashes against the fortress of God's kingdom, which the Lord establishes in our hearts, minds, and souls. The world is indeed unpredictable, chaotic, and even confusing. Just as we sang our second and third verses in our worship this week. The world bashes back and forth just like the tune. Yet amidst the craziness of our world, God stands as a mighty fortress that cannot be moved and will eventually defeat all the forces arrayed against it by sending the champion to defeat our foes once and for all. A mighty fortress is our God is not only an excellent hymn, it is also a profound work of theology that is still worth being sung five centuries later. Just as the work of the Reformation was about unburdening Christianity from the mistruths and misuses that had been piled upon the church, it was also about learning to sing a new song. Thankfully, Martin Luther started that work himself. That work would be continued by very famous musicians and hymn writers through the centuries, like Beethoven, Bach, and Handel. That work continues today with each and every one of us. You may not be much of a singer or musician, but God wants to hear praise of our Creator and love for the Son ring out from our hearts just as much as our lips. We do not need to learn Latin or any other dead language before we can do that. We can sing a new song of praise from our fields, our valleys, our mountains, our homes, and even our hospital beds. The call to sing a new song to the Lord reverberates through the centuries and hopefully inspires us to keep on belting out praise to the Almighty, day after day, week after week, until the sun comes again. May the new song of our hearts never fail. And may we keep singing a new song to God for centuries to come. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor.